Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? I am Craig Conover. Just want to say a special warm welcome to all of our besties out there. We love you all so much. Sometimes it just makes me really happy meeting you guys on the street, the store, in the airport, on the plane, wherever we may be. I'm joined by Nick Norris. What's up, Nick? What's going on, Craig? I know Austin's not here yet, everybody, but he's going to be on. Don't worry. He's just stuck in traffic. He's coming over the yeah. bridge, I'm think. Little speed trap or accident on the bridge or something. But we have a very special guest um, this evening. So Nick and I just wanted to start talking a little bit. Candace Horbax joining us um, in a few. She's an incredibly talented person with a ton of layers. Uh, she has been in several different uh, entertainment venues, uh, several different entrepreneurial um, ventures, ventures. And thank you, Nick. Yeah, and uh, just an all-around great person. Um, we're gonna learn a lot about, a lot more about her later. Uh, check her out on Instagram, uh, Candice Horbax. Uh, but her podcast, Chatting with Candice, is all about women empowerment. Um, and how to step out of, you know, everything that society, all the pressure. Yeah, society. no, it's all about being you, pretty it's much. And, you and independent thinking, which is what really resonates with me. Uh, Nick, I'm sure you like that part too, but she just, it's all about coming up with your own opinion about things instead of just re, uh, regurgitating all the societal factors around us. Um, but she's a mother of two boys, an amazing wife. And uh, yeah. She no, it's going to be fun. Inspire people to expand their curiosity, think independently, and not be afraid of our messiness. So uh, look up Candace Horbax and she'll be joining us in a few moments. So what have you been, what have you been up to? I know as we kind of did a late podcast because we all had a bunch going on, but you've been packing, you excited to go to New York. I know we kind of touched on it yesterday, but. Yeah, I am. I just have one of those days and it's, it's so incredible to me how I, I I'm not confined by familial constraints yet. You know, Paige and I are long distance. Um, she lives, she's a pretty independent person. Uh, we do not have children yet and I do not have animals. And man, I have days that I am just overwhelmed. And uh, today was one of them. It just seemed like things were piling on and none of the things that went wrong were too, too bad. It just was like one thing after another. And, you know, I, my like, shit, we've got like, 30 employees at Sewing Down South now. My personal teams are big, whatever it may be, but things just kept being done incorrectly. And I was in a mood and I, I think I woke up a little depressed and then I went to the gym, which usually pulls me out of it, but it didn't. Went to the chiropractor, sat in the salt booth. Um, check out the chiro spa in Mount Pleasant. He's a great dude. Dr. Um, he, uh, Headley. Uh, anyway, and then... I didn't handle it that well because then I freaked out on Austin um, and uh, that wasn't good. The point is, yeah, I was, and Austin was having a day too. And then, you know, I didn't mean to pile on him, but then I just yelled at him and I was quick to apologize. I am a good apologizer, but um, you know, that only matters if you're in improving and, and I am, but 
Uh, point being, I cannot imagine, and I give so much respect to the people out there, parents out there that have, I know many of you listening are parents that have kids crying in the backseat right now or kids at school or they lost, they forgot their lunchbox or they forgot their batting gloves or their tennis racket. And on top of all that, you're trying to run a career or run a business or work or keep a boss happy and then be expected to, um, you know, keep the passion alive at home, which I think Candace is going to help us talk about anyway you are respected by people that aren't in your situation yet. Does that make sense? Nick? it was very long winded, but yes, I no, like, I got you. Enjoy your glass of wine is all I got to say, Craig. It sounds like you've had a day, but yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying that it's, it's a lot easier when you're single to be like, Oh shit, my day was horrible. But then you look over and you're like, well, they're dealing with a wife, kids. They got the dog barking who just threw up all over the rug and everything else. That's then just going on with themselves first. So it's well, a whole nother world. It's not. And it's not even, for me, I didn't even look at it that way. It wasn't that you had to deal with your family. It's that you don't have enough bandwidth to then deal with dumbasses at work. <laughs> and like, I just, sometimes people prove to be very incompetent. And like, that's what would get me, you know, you love your kids, you love your wife, you love your husband. I know they can frustrate you and you love your dog or cat rabbit or your fish or your chickens your bees i miss my chickens they can oh i didn't know you had chicken tell me about that they can they can weigh on you but what i'm gonna have a hard time dealing with are like just incompetent just shitsters not from my own company but from no. company you know, just like from people that you have to deal with and you're just like mfr and um and I, I guess my, my, the weakness I showed today was I let it, I didn't take it out in any of the, I was real buttoned up in all of my business dealings. I was pissed, but I was buttoned up, you know, I was on my car phone all day and then, you know, and yell after, but then I, I took it out on Austin. And so that's where I messed up. No, he makes good punching back. Sometimes it's okay. That's some dumb shit too. <laughs> yes, he does. Today was, I, I was in the wrong. Well, as he says, he's a professional putter foot of a I footer. Just, I was, I'll tell people what it was. I was just, imp I was being impatient with him. And, and that's, you know, uh, look, I've been in a year of therapy and just working on my patience, but he asked me, or, you know, we're going to this Rangers game and he asked me about the tickets in the gym and I told him I had it handled. Um, me and our buddy Jordan, the chef at our restaurant, who's getting ready for the opening of our restaurant. And so then he texted me and Jordan on a group chat, like two hours, three hours later, maybe four, and was like, hey, Jordan, like, did you get the tickets figured out yet? And <laughs> I just lost it. I was like, S like, you know, and, and again, it was silly and I should have never yelled at him, but I was like, I just told you a couple hours ago, I had it. <laughs> Uh, you guys are such a relationship. I know. And, <laughs> like, that's what it was. But that's why maybe you can relate. I mean, I was like, you dumb motherfucker. I was like, you're going to stress out the, kid, the the chef of our restaurant when I just told you I had it handled. And he was like, Craig, I'm, I, I was just texting our friend. I didn't do anything wrong and certainly do not deserve this beratement. And he was right. It was a built up.
frustration. I mean, it's like eight in the morning with the new and like it. Uh, so yeah, a lot of rambling, but right in with your, the things that just get you just, I want to read the things that get you because again, I'm about, I'm in a, I'm about, I have it as easy as, as you can in this moment. Like I, I don't have too many, um, you know, outside restraints except for Austin and I took <laughs> on Austin almost as if he was my, my, my spouse. Um, so I, I'm sure that's a challenge. Uh, anyway, Nick, who, who do you accidentally take things out on that you feel bad? Is it your dad? Well, him and I go at it all the time, but that's just, we've worked together, you know, since I could walk, he's had me working. He's had a hammer in my hand. So it, it's very funny. Like when, like we were doing renovations, like we worked just with like family and friends or just like doing projects around the house. We were like, they just laugh. They go, I love listening to you work together. <laughs> Cause it's like, fuck you, all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, 30 minutes later, you're good. It's like, like you make us feel better. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, Nick, you motherfucker. you know, it's, it's, you know, classic dad and son work, work, work ethic. It's yeah. not something you could treat a normal, another human being like, but everybody's like, Oh my God, they go at it. I'm like, yeah, but we're all good at the end of it. It's good just to get it out of your system because if you, if you hold it in, then you just explode at the worst possible time. And I don't know. I, other than that, it's just my, I take my frustration out on horrible drivers. I, I swear they're the bane of my existence. People who do not know how to drive a car. Imagine living in yourself. Oh my God. I, I, I have, I've lit the few months that I like stayed in Charleston, easily one of the worst like area of drivers. No offense, Charleston. You guys got to do no, better. It's, it's just turn signals don't exist here. And it drives me nuts. Also today. Oh, so <laughs> like, things that shouldn't add up, but they do, unless you learn a right way to process them. I need to talk to my therapist about that. The Chick-fil-A line. I, if you want to open a, a Chick-fil-A franchise, call me. <laughs> I mean, talk about generational wealth or printing money. I mean, it's Oh my like, God. Yes. It's not like owning a weed farm, but I mean, it's close. I, the, the traffic problems that Chick-fil-A's cause City planner, they're there. I, I just think that they should actually have to adhere to stricter rules than other fast food places. And I know I'm a libertarian. I hate that. I just said that I hate rules. Um, but when it's for the betterment of society, I mean, their lunch line is 30 to 40 cars deep and it actually blocks. It causes traffic because a lot of these are on single lane roads. And the drivers behind them are too stupid to go around because they just think something's happening yeah. ahead when really it's just a wait line. Because Cameron, Cameron's ordering like 10 boxes of chicken nuggets in line. Shut <laughs> up. And, and uh, no, I mean, so not Chick fil A, but Raising Canes in Charlottesville. And during rush hour, they blocks, they have to have now cops directing traffic. That's how busy it gets. It goes like 50 cars back on a highway. Wow. Uh, it's I'm with you. Like places like that. I, I I don't know how you fix it other than I mean, good for them, but yeah, it's uh it it's that was just something that stuck out to me. No, I a, hear you. I, I feel like that when traffic and like bad drivers, anything like on the road will be the death of me. There's a lot of things that bother me, but that's probably the top of the list. Like yeah. the other day, my dad and I are driving to Lowe's to get something. 
And the light turns green. We wait a couple seconds. The lady's just sitting in front of us on her phone. My dad honks the horn, you know, just a little love tap. And she does this. She flicks us off. Like, it's our problem. Yeah, and you're like, I actually just gave you a little. Yeah, it's like, like, get off the freaking phone. I had, like, electricians in my house this morning that did work that I didn't ask them to do. Messed stuff up. That was a thing. And then... um, I've got to design a whole collection in like two nights. Something happened. It just, it's all again, all in the big scheme of things does not even compare to what most people have to do, you know, on a normal weekday with sick kids, you know, sick animals, spouses. So I get it. And I think many of you listening knows that I'm, I I have great perspective usually in, feel very um lucky but i i was just saying i yelled at austin so we'll you know we'll see when he gets here if we play it cool or not did apologize though but um i do think i hear him pulling up so get ready for uh candace horbacks um an entrepreneur she's had a lot of different careers and uh, i'm really excited to to chat with her so uh, we're going to go to a commercial break. And uh, if not, Nick, I would just tell you about how uh, all of these hazmat disasters are not normal. The whole thing of uh, latex spilled into the Delaware River that the people in Philadelphia are being instructed to only drink bottled water, which then I looked up the reservoir maps and there's actually areas of New York City uh, that 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 pool from a reservoir reservoir off the Delaware river. Um, Paige only drink. She doesn't drink tap water. I do, but honestly I was about to put hydrangeas in my yard and my landscaper was like, we can't, unless we drill you an irrigation well. I said, okay. But I was like, why? And he's like, you're the city water is too toxic for them to grow. It has too much like um, boron or something in it. Yeah. And I was, Guys, this, this um, might not, I mean, the levels of fluoride in Charleston just got decreased. Like, sorry, go ahead. Like, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, we get these messages all the time where it's like, we need a just late night Craig and Nick episode every few months. I mean, I would love it, but this is, this is one that I never really touched. This is something that my cousin does. Like my cousin is, you know, she, they, they live in a farm in Western Maryland and they do well for themselves, but you know, he does, but she, she is like a witch doctor, like a little medicine woman, but she hates uh, centralized water. Yeah, and we're out I, in the country, so we're well watered, luckily. But I always thought that was a little far. But when my landscaper was like, yeah, there's a there's a couple plants we can't grow. I was like, I think I'm going to be using my Brita a little more. But uh, <clears throat> the hazmat disasters that are happening around the country you know, my buddy, I know there's a lot of train derailments. I know there's a lot of boating accidents, but these ones are bad. And, uh, if the, so, I mean, we, we are You're going lizard people route or do you think it's sabotage? I'm just saying there's, I mean, it, it would be, it's, it's modern warfare of being like, it's new age warfare of taking us out from within. But again, read the book. Um, one second later what is it one second too late no 
a post-apocalyptic thriller of the after effects of the United States after a terrifying terrorist attack using electromagnetic pulse weapons. That would have been a lot easier. Yeah, well, I mean, it's essentially, I mean, that's what happens after a nuke goes off, too. It sends out an EMP pulse that knocks everything out. Um, but that's why, like, biofuels are so important. Not, like, solar energy, but, like, biofuels. Because they can, like, outlast, like, those, like, algae algae batteries can, like, they don't get affected like a normal battery would by an EMP. Well, that's why Nick and I are going to have a special episode coming up soon, especially with everything going on. Um, the haters will call us political, but the intelligent really political. No shit. I'm saying that people <laughs> that can't stand to hear realism will be like, Oh, they're political. And you're like, this has nothing to do with politics. We're just actually stating all of the things going on around the world right now. Um, mostly I hear Austin pulling up. He will, he will be here in one second. We'll give him a little transition. Buying tickets to your favorite events. Shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I'm so stoked that game time came into our lives because it makes it so easy to find last minute events around me. All I did was type in my email, come up with a password, which I definitely don't use for everything. And I can see all of the events around me. Look, I'll do it right now. I just clicked on game time on the app of my phone. And I see that little Wayne, who is my favorite concert that I've ever been to in my entire life is playing in Columbia, South, South Carolina at the township auditorium on April 23rd. And now I can see that. Wow. Tickets range from $100 to 234 and it shows me all the seats available, all the rows, where they are. Wow, that's incredible service. It'll show you a pinpoint of where your seat is in the auditorium or whatever venue you're doing. And um, that's usually what keeps me... It, it actually shows me two to four seats are together right in the front row. Also, we might be going to Little Wayne. You want to go to Little Wayne? Yes, I do, actually. I love this. And I can do it. Look, actually, I can buy with Apple Pay right in the app. Two tickets, April 23rd. Okay. I, while I work on this, tell them okay. how you feel about it, Austin. All right, y'all. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance, as Craig just said. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Yeah, that's really incredible. I, you, you just can't beat that. It takes all the risk out of buying tickets. Uh, so snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Pillows and Beer for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Pillows and Beer for twenty dollars off, which I'm going to you for these little Wayne tickets. And uh, so, download Game Time today with me. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once with, like, basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. 
Introducing the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply, not available in all areas. All right, everyone, welcome back to this episode of Pills and Beer. I'm here with my bestie, Austin Kroll, Nick Norris, somewhere in Virginia, and our new friend, Candace. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing good, Candace. Nice to meet you. You too. Thanks for uh, joining us. Where are you at currently? I'm in North Carolina. Where in North Carolina? Wilmington. Okay. Yeah. So I'm from Charlotte. I was raised in Charlotte, high school and such. And obviously I'm very familiar with Wilmington. Uh, been there recently, actually, because I launched my beer there uh, last year. And then I go back uh, periodically to check in on it and just to have some fun in Wilmington because Wilmington's a great town. It is. Yeah. People really don't understand how beautiful North Carolina is. I love it here. It's like gorgeous beaches. The people are really chill and friendly and yeah, tons of breweries. So I'm sure the beer is doing well. I mean, I, I could obviously go in on how much that I love the state of North Carolina <laughs> because it's got the mountains on the west and on the east, obviously the Outer Banks, um, even though that show was filmed here in Charleston. But yeah, it's got the Outer Banks in Wilmington and and. You know, Kitty Hawk, where flight was invented, people. I almost, um, went to, uh, I almost went to college at UNCW, but... Really? Yeah, I visited Charleston and changed my... I think that they're the sea, Seahawks. Were you, Seahawks. Were you born in North Carolina? No, born in California, Southern California. Yeah, East Coast. East Coast isn't a bad place. Wait, uh, okay, but now I have to know, you know, just before we kind of jump into all these things, like, wh- why, uh, why'd you move east? So, um, I was in Southern California for like nine years. My parents split. So my mom moved to upstate New York where her family was. And then we did like the whole bi-coastal thing. So dad got us for, you know, summer vacations. And then I went to, um, coastal Carolina down in South Carolina. And then we moved like an hour north to North Carolina. Where in upstate were you in New York? Binghamton. Do you know where that is? No, my girlfriend lives in, or her family lives in Albany. So I, Oh, my mom used to have a house towards there. Yeah. So I went to Saratoga for the first time this summer, Mm -hmm. the horses and and everything. Have you ever been to Charleston? The horse racing's fun. Yeah. The horse race is fun. A lot of gambling there. Have have you ever been to Charleston? Yes. I love Charleston. Yeah. That seems to be the general response from everybody that's been to Charleston. It's beautiful. It is quite the charming town. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, and the food is incredible. Yeah. I just love the houses and the architecture. Yeah, it's gorgeous. The trees. Well, yeah. Next time you and your husband are down, you'll have to let us know. We'll we'll take you around downtown. It's definitely a fun Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, but yeah, Austin, do you want to... Um, I mean, you have such an interesting and awesome, unique... Um, well, I, I guess it, it is unique, uh, but it's becoming less and less unique, which is great. And I think you are helping people kind of, uh, empower, um, other women, especially. And, um, that's kind of what we like to do on this podcast is talk to people from all walks of life and show that independent individual thinking. And just like, you know, we're all people at the end of the day and, uh, and we love that you're joining us. And I think we really liked, like your mission. We kind of, um, you know, read up on a little bit, but do you want to tell people about your current mission and kind of your goals of what you're doing? So I kind of look at my podcast and a lot of my social media as an outlet for contribution and like kind of giving back. So I think that a lot of people, especially with bigger audiences, tend to kind of constantly be taking and it's what can I get my audience to buy, to subscribe to? And it's just like very draining 
And I don't think that that's sustainable. And you can kind of get into, I guess, like your purpose or your ethics around it as well. So it's like, well, what are you really building for? So for me, I want obviously I have like subscription models and I want people to download and subscribe, right? It's not like I'm completely altruistic, but it's providing hopefully some nuance to people's lives um, by having conversations that maybe they're not used to having, exploring topics that they might not be used to having, humanizing people that maybe they're not used to humanizing and being able to kind of get past differences and get think critically and ask yourself like how many of my beliefs and things that I think are right and wrong have kind of been put there by default and how have I how deep have I really explored those topics? Like have I gotten down to the first principles of why I believe X, Y, or Z or why I let my emotions run you know, run the show, just a lot of these fundamental human problems that we just kind of accept instead of trying to improve upon. So just leading by example, you know, I'm trying to get a percent better every single day and learn a little bit more every single day and go in as the learner and the, um, you know, have that beginner's mindset and bring on people that are a lot more experienced than myself and learn with my audience. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the favorite things that I heard you say was, um, you know, nuanced. And I feel like that's one of my favorite phrases. And it seems that you are a very uh, layered and nuanced person yourself. So, but a lot of, I mean, that's, that's what we deal with today. And so many different things is that people don't even know where they got their opinions from. And that's what drives me crazy. Austin knows. And a lot of stuff I'm like, yeah, but why do you think that? Or why do you have your opinion? And most of the time it's because they've been told to think that. And it's, it's really fun to have, these platforms. And I love that, um, you're using yours to show that, uh, if you actually sit down and talk to people and make your own opinion about things, you know, the world would be a little better place. But I think I saw recently the, the percentage of people that will actually click on a headline and read the article is less than 5%. People will actually just read the headline and then go kind of form a story off that <laughs> kind of the same thing. Craig and I deal with this sort of thing in case you can't tell where, uh, I mean, clickbait is a real, real thing, right? And people can develop their own sort of opinions and everything based on just that kind of headline that pops up. And, uh, you know, it's important to get all the information and dive deeper. Yeah. You don't want to be one of those people that just reads the headline and then assumes that, you know, anything that's in the article, because I would say 90% of the time that I'll click something and I think I know where it's going or what the main objective is. If I actually read the article, it has nothing to do with the headline no, it's or it'll even counter the headline. Yeah. You're like, what is this? Was it, yeah. uh, was it ever, or, or has it been challenging and it might be what you're breaking into now? Um, you know, the, the careers that you've had and stuff, uh, not stuff, but you, I had, was it ever frustrating that you you felt that your personality didn't come across or people didn't know the real you? Like, was that ever a challenge to be like, I wish I had a platform for people to actually get to know me instead of just make, you know, make up a entire story in their head of who you were. That's definitely part of the inspiration for for kind of birthing the podcast was to introduce that I'm a whole person. I'm a real person and life is messy and not all of us have, you know, these very black and white perspectives and just, I don't know, again, like leading by example and hoping that if people gave me any bit of time, then maybe it would lead them to questioning their, you know, their assumptions about me off of the bat. And then hopefully that can kind of transcend into other areas of their life. So maybe not jump to conclusions so quickly. But I think that I'm, I'm pretty blessed in the sense that 
we moved around a ton growing up. So I feel like I never really was seen or really understood and having like making friends was always very difficult. I kind of always felt like an outsider. So I guess I'm used to people assuming the wrong thing about me. So it kind of like built a little bit of a resilience in that type of way. But I think as you get older and, you know, you have kids and things like that, you want to kind of showcase the real you and maybe get out ahead of certain things. Um, but yeah, it, it's not as frustrating as I think it could be if I didn't have that experience growing up. That's good. Yeah. I mean, we very important to find another kind of outlet to get your voice out there to let people see you know any other side of your personality which is you know humor and like intelligence and layers and nuanced uh <laughs> i didn't know you like that word so yeah much yeah <laughs> i i do i think that um lots of things are layered and nuanced craig well, it's kind of frustrating because if you look at mainstream actors or any kind of performer, really, aside from reality TV and certain other situations, we don't ever, I guess, um, narrow someone's identity down to the role that they play. But we do in other areas. So we do in like reality situations and maybe other forms of entertainment. And I'm, I just find that so fascinating. It's like, why can't you separate me from a performer just like anybody else? Um, like it's a role that I'm playing that other person doesn't exist. And it's the same for reality TV, I'd imagine. And that's what I've heard. Um, I've met a couple people in the adult uh, entertainment industry. And a lot of times they say that exact thing um, of being like, I am playing a role. Like I am just like an actor or an actress. I'm, I go to work, I play this role and uh, it's just not who... Um, you know, you're not necessarily playing your hundred percent self, which is, I, I wish people had more patience in a lot of different facets of things of being like, you get to see a, a small window into, um, our lives. So we are entertainers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we are entertainers and that's what we do. We entertain people. Well, uh, Candace, you talk, um, a lot about feminine femininity. <laughs> I can never say that word right. Craig is not a wordsmith. Like just want to tell you yeah, that I forget words a lot. And you had talked about like your sons. You wanting them to show, uh, you know, be able to display true masculinity and stuff like that. Can you describe what the divine feminine role is? Is am I, am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need like to so hear the this, divine by the feminine, way. divine masculine, or like you could also say like healed feminine, healed masculine. And we obviously have both polarities exist with us one of us one of them is just the main driver and it's not based off of like sex or gender like you can have women that are you know leading with their masculine and men that are leading with their feminine it's just kind of like what aligns with your authentic self well i do like Um, to cook and garden and so so maybe oh yeah okay (laughs) no well see that is interesting right isn't that interesting because craig is well i want to hear yeah we'll hear from candace and then we'll see how we fit into this okay well, yeah, because the thing is, so you have the super red pilled category and they're like, well, if you're a man, you have to lead with this strong masculine. Mm-hmm. And if you're a woman, you have to soften up and be in your feminine. And I don't know that that's necessarily true because I know that there's a lot of dudes out there. Like I know guys that are stay at home dads and that's what they want to be. And they're married to like a very hot, like high, strong, powerful, ambitious woman. And that works for that their dynamic because that relationship is balanced. Right. But if you had, let's say that really a high, strong woman, that's very, um, goal oriented so she's leading in her masculine and you also had a super masculine 
man who is also goal oriented, it's going to be really difficult to kind of raise the family in that situation if that's what you want to do. And it's also going to be really difficult to communicate because someone has to be the leader. Like you're not going to have two leaders of a pack. So now who's going to submit to who? So it's not necessarily the best combination. So I think that there's a lot of ways to look at Again, we can use the word nuance. We can look at this with a little bit of nuance and it doesn't necessarily have to be like, you're a man, you have to be the strong guy or you're a woman, you have to be this dainty flower. Um, but when it comes to like the female archetype, I actually have the little one, little statue behind me, that white one. I was really- actually looking at that and I'm glad that you just kind of mentioned it because I was wondering what it was. Oh, it's one of my favorite pieces. So it's um, the maiden, the mother and the crone. So it's a three-faced kind of like goddess essentially but it's the it's the embodiment of what a woman is in her life cycle so the idea is by the end of your life that you are encompassing all three of them so you start off as the maiden and the maiden is this young wild exploring kind of um, feminine energy and then the mother you don't have to be a mother to necessarily get into that space it's just more of like the caregiving kind of element and a little bit more grounded and then you have the crone which is wisdom the thing that they all have together is they are um, magnetizing and they have this gravitational pull and they're creative um, they're giving they're nurturing so you're encompassing all of these things but the idea is that when you age you don't get rid of any part of them you actually are just adding on to it so just because you're maybe in the crone and the wisdom stage of your life cycle that doesn't mean you're no longer adventurous and you don't still have this youth for life and it's basically not letting someone kind of pigeonhole you like you you don't have to be um seen as invaluable because you know you're no longer young or beautiful and you can again like be a caregiver and care for people around you and be nurturing without having children it's like how do i embody all of these elements and then that's kind of like the whole divine feminine in my opinion um and then again when it comes to like what you're leading with you have to ask yourself what do you want for yourself and then with that, with a relationship so if you're leading with your masculine which i did for a long time it's not necessarily what I wanted to do, but I had kind of a traumatic childhood, um, not a lot of stability, no one to really kind of take care of me. So I had to do it myself. And then that narrative followed me through adulthood and it's exhausting. It's like so exhausting to think that no one has your back and that no one's going to show up for you. And um, you kind of have to always be on guard. And then that can lead to, you know, health issues because your, your nervous system is always ready to go. So you kind of like wear it down. And when I met my husband, who's definitely not leading with his feminine like he's more within his masculine alignment we that got us into trouble because i would like be in competition with him and i was like why am i in competition with the person that's the love of my life and the person that's supposed to be here to support me like i'm creating an issue where there doesn't need to be one but relinquishing that control and like kind of letting him take more of the lead was really hard for me and it felt like almost losing part of my identity in the process because it was like it was giving up a certain amount of control or an illusion of control that i thought i had and in that was a very vulnerable space so i had it was a huge trust exercise and a lot of shedding of ego and and um I don't know, just like knowing that he was going to show up to be who I needed him to be and that I'm safe. I guess that's fundamentally the thing I had to reframe was like, I'm safe and I can trust him and 
like this love isn't going anywhere and I don't have to shoulder the burden. Um, so I guess like that's like the feminine in like a nutshell, like a right. very compressed nutshell. That is that is a lot to try to digest now. Now, I guess that my question from it's that incredible. is, <clears throat> yeah, it is. Uh, um, it's a great way to look at things and, and, and it's a healthy way to look at things. And, and I think that my question to you is like, since you met your husband and you're saying that, that he had the, um, uh, the masculinity kind of down, did that make you soften up or, or are you both still like, you know, alpha in each other? Well, how did you, no, well, it, how did you make at, that At first transition? I felt like I had to yeah. puff up my chest more, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause again, I was like leading with the wrong energy for me. Like that was not where I wanted to be. And it wasn't going to work with that, my, with him. Like if I wanted to find an, a man that would work with, I could go back to my ex. Um, but that's not what I wanted. So <laughs> what I wanted, I had, I had to make adjustments in order to make the type of relationship work that I wanted, if that makes sense. So I had to really put in a lot of work to like be, to be comfortable, to feel safe, uh, I guess to renegotiate, to renegotiate what, um, roles were for each per person, I guess. Um, like seeking his advice more, like not arguing as much, coming from more of a place of questioning instead of demanding. It's really hard. Yeah, it's no. really hard if like you spend 30 years, right? And you're go, go, go. And you're like, I am the sole decision maker for mm -hmm. my life. Well, people, you know, everyone could take advice from that. Yeah. And people have heard a lot about love languages, but I've actually never heard about this. And it makes so much sense. And I know that me and Austin, even ourselves can apply that those, uh, what do you call what 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 goes before the word roles like what would you call that um like what you're actually describing like like, so, like gender uh, gender or not it's not role. necessarily gender roles but people get so turned off by that and it's really not taking us back into like pre right. you know women's movement it's it's saying like our brains are lazy and this is true for everyone. So we like to kind of simplify things in order to move quickly. It's a survival thing. So when you have gender roles, like quote, quote, gender roles, what makes more sense for my husband to do the hard labor and for me to do more of the domestic stuff because we're just built differently. And obviously there's exceptions to the rules, but like, I do not want to go and like, chop a tree down <laughs> and you know go clear the like all of that debris in the backyard that yeah. it's going to take me 10 <clears throat> times longer to right. do that he doesn't want to have to like do the laundry and and cook it's just not his jam he's not into it he would burn the house down so instead of negotiating every single task we're like okay well who is best for this task and then if it's always up for negotiation you get to customize your relationship so i'm not saying you have to like leave it to beaver and like this is your you know the model for everyone no 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 i'm just saying to make it easy and simple like this is kind of how things are divided but the way that we look at it and i think everyone kind of should is you are in charge of curating your relationship and making the your own boundaries and rules and what works for you and we kind of treat it a little bit like a business like the family is a business so these are the tasks and like these are more oriented to me and then these are more oriented to him and like for example if we have the nanny if she leaves at a certain time it's just kind of understood that i'm like the, de the default person to pick up if he has other work or um obligations so it's not to say like he's not a present father because i've never met a more present and like in insanely like loving and vulnerable father, but it's just like, if he's got stuff to do, like that's just our understanding. Um, so yeah, you get to make your own rules and negotiate it, but I wouldn't get like, so, uh, 
what's the word um triggered by like right. <laughs> by having these rules it just makes things simple well, and that's and that's the way of thinking the open-mindedness of being like just because it may sound a, something like what people used to do it doesn't mean that it's wrong now we have um it, it, it's funny because i have a question for you i have a pretty um strong uh in ways leads with that masculinity, at least when she came into our relationship, but we have blue task and pink task. And she's like, you know, if the trash needs to be taken out and she's like, that is a blue task, Craig. Mm -hmm. But she had to kind of, she's still working on softening a little bit because she does feel like it's giving up some of her independence to really kind of let me in. And I guess for a lot of our listeners, what is some of the advice, like Austin said, when you came in leading with your masculinity, what was what some of advice with people, um, especially career oriented, you know, women that are meeting other kind of masculine guys? Uh, I know the terms are getting bogged down. How did you start to let go and kind of take a risk and chance on letting him in? Well, I would ask, what is it that you want out of a relationship? And is it working? Are you fighting a lot? how do you feel at the end of the day? Like, do you feel exhausted and drained and like, and almost alone or unsafe or that you like the world is fundamentally a threat or that no one is reliable or going to show up to you? Like you have to kind of ask yourself what the questions are. Um, a really interesting point from like a physical standpoint so women that are often leading with their masculine have a lot of contraction going on physically so if you were to do a biofeedback test of like internally like through the vagina and you can do this through um, they like have physical therapy for women so you can go for a whole bunch of different reasons it doesn't have to be for you know uh, childbirth or postpartum or anything like that like you can go if you have just general back pain and they can kind of check everything out um, they'll do this biofeedback with electrodes and they'll real like they'll tell you where you're at and a lot of women that are leading from this masculine space will kind of be in a constant kegel and that um, can like that can strain those muscles that can cause a belly bulge that can cause low back pain that can cause stress and tension and it, it just kind of like goes our bodies are a system so if one thing's kind of out of order it'll steamroll into other things so if you're thinking that you might lead in your masculine and you're not feeling great like I highly encourage you to maybe go find like a physical therapist for women and just see where your baseline is at and then as you kind of work through these protocols of learning how to relax learning how to surrender learning how to kind of tell your yourself that you're safe because even if you go to like a spiritual aspect you know that is your first chakra and your first chakra is safety and security and like your va your very basics for survival so if that's tense that's saying the world is not safe i am not safe so as you do practices and whether that's meditation whether some people do um like S&M work. So like they'll do like dom and sub work with their husband and that's a really good way to kind of make things a little bit more um, amplified so that it's you're both playing a character and it's maybe a little bit easier to let go in that moment and it's more playful and it doesn't necessarily have to do with like roles and tasks and jobs and salaries. It's just a much more playful way to kind of explore that polarity. Um, there's just a lot of ways and you just have to ask like, again, like what do you want out of the relationship and what's going to work for you? So just like take an honest assessment of your life and your relationship and then how can I improve that? And there's a thousand ways. Would you be playing? So in the S and M work, do you revert? If you're leading with your masculinity, would you practice being more submissive? 100%. I mean, that's interesting. That's, uh, I mean, I was just listening. No, to be honest. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. 
So Craig and I are going to play Dom and Sub, and we're going to figure this out, and then we're going to switch those It would roles. be funny to see who thought... Yeah, it would be funny to get our feedback uh, from someone analyzing us. Oh, man. I, I mean, That's I've been awesome. like in both, right? I mean, I've been in both before, right? Where I feel that I was, um, you know, the the like the really, really masculine one in it. And then I've also been in ones where I'm like, I, I mean, you know, and other people out there know too, probably like where I just got, you know, alpha. And I was like, this is interesting. Like, this is interesting to me. Like, I'm not really used to this and like, I'm fine with it, but not so much. So, so I feel like with what you're saying with finding like a balance in how it works, you know, for you. Right. Because I'm fine with being told, you know what to do. I'm totally fine. Um, Mm -hmm. but like there's balance there, right? There has to be balance because I am not like a pushover all the damn time. And, and, and so there are interesting things that you're saying that I'm, you know, taking from it. Well, and Candace, you're saying it in a more positive role, like Austin at one point, and forgive me if this is wrong, but he used to be called like a beta by his girlfriend, and that was more of a negative, like that Yeah, yeah, if that that wasn't just like an indicator right there to just, you know, pull plug. And so you're saying like, what you're describing is completely different than that, right? There's no like- Well, yeah, that's emasculating. You can't do that to your partner. You Like either way, like you, you just don't do that- I was watching this show the other day. We were watching Sex Life. Yeah. And there was this I literally scene. just watched the first two episodes of that last night for some reason. Like last oh, really? night, oh, someone I don't told me to watch it. This then yeah, yeah, for just you. the first two. I mean, clearly, well, you I have gone to that part where they show this dude's like monster dong in the shower. I have gone to that part because I had to. It was like the most oh, you're still in season like, one then. prosthetic thing I've ever seen in my life, but it was... So you're not going to ruin it for him because he's... Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. So, I, I'm like probably not even going to watch the whole thing, but I was kind of interested to get a lay of the land for why. I mean, it's a sexual fucking show. And, and so, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So in season two, there's um, this episode where one of the characters, I'm so bad with names, but she's the author in the book and her whole character and um, brand is Billy? independent woman. The main one, Billy. No, not Billy. It's her best oh, okay. friend. Oh, I don't. Yeah, best friend. She's the author. Lives in the city. Um, but she, so she's like her whole brand is independent woman, and she gets reconnected with her, you know, love of her life, and she goes and like drags him onto this interview, and they're like, "So, are you going to be Mrs. Blah blah blah?" Like his last name, and she's like, "Honey, please, if anything, he'll be Doctor," and says her last name. Mm. And I was like, "Whoa!" First of all, like they obviously never had that conversation, and she's like, "Basically, I'm not anyone's property," and I'm like, "That is just the wrong way to look at marriage and taking someone's last name, and then to just kind of again emasculate him publicly." That's not a recipe for um, a good marriage, a good relationship or a good sex life with that Mm. person. And I think that's always kind of a good barometer is like, how good is the sex? Is the sex lacking? Well, then maybe someone's not stepping into the role that they want to. And maybe you're not letting them. Yeah, I mean, that's a I mean, as you get older in life, you realize in my experience, girls that I know are way more open with their um, like their moms, their best friends about sex. Austin, it drives him crazy because I'm pretty um, private about it, but I, it's just kind of how Right, I, okay. But so I, as I've gotten older and been exposed to um, more conversations, you know, sex, I mean, I always knew it, but I didn't realize that girls talked about it as much or with their moms or whatnot of being like, 
anytime they have a, not anytime they have a problem, but in a new relationship, they're like, well, how is the sex? And if your sex life is healthy, then, you know, there's a chance. But if it's not healthy, then it's kind of a, like you said, a good barometer on where that's going to go. Hold on. I, I do want to go back and touch on this for a second and kind of get your take on what you think, why women are so descriptive and a what like a woman's best friend can know the exact <laughs> length of my member and every like curvature of it and where there's like a freckle like but but like when guys talk we're very like oh man and then we did this and then that wham bam thank you ma'am and women if are that, like they know that, you're just like did you all they know all they're like yeah i know exactly what you did i know exactly what it looks like i know exactly how long that you lasted i know everything and I feel like if men did that, I don't know, that women, some might be like, that's so just like invasive. And I'm like, you know everything about me. You know everything. <laughs> I, oh man, I would say it could, it could probably be a few things. I think a lot of women struggle to be present with sex. And there's a, probably a whole bunch of reasons why that is. But we are very kind of like analytical during sex like we get in our own heads and we're kind of assessing the environment so i think maybe we just see all of those things and then we're able to give that feedback right away where men are a lot more in their body naturally and they can kind of just enjoy the moment where for a lot of women that i know if a dog barks you're like fuck it's over it's not going to happen so there's just like not that embodiment it's not as easy to kind of just like sit into it um and I think we're, I mean, we're just like very social creatures. So we just want to like story tell and share. And I think that, it, you know, I'm a it's gossiper, kind of- you know, I'm a gossiper. And yeah, and, but like, even if I'm telling like a girlfriend about, you know, something that like, like a sexual like experience that has happened, I don't, I don't get into that length of detail. I feel like, but like, she's asking the questions cause she's used to asking, you know, her girlfriends about it. Like, okay come on, tell me. And I'm like, well, what do you really want to know here? Like, I can't tell you much more than what I've told you. And I feel like that's how we feel. But men can also get in their head like big time. I have had mental yeah. blocks with a girl for, you know, weeks or something, right? Because some little thing happened and I'm like, oh no, oh no. Like now <laughs> I can't perform in the way that I want to. So let me just tell you that it can happen, that it does happen. But the analytical equally. thing's interesting because like, I've heard a lot of girls, actually, the reason that they gravitate towards watching, um, for instance, like uh, girl on girl, um, you know, videos online is because they know it, it feels more safe to them. Um, if that makes sense, they, they can actually, instead of worrying about why the girl's there or what happened before the scene or what happened after or whatever, when they actually see that it's just two girls, they can actually relax as even just the viewer. Um, because they don't have to stress for the girls involved. Does, does that make sense? It does. Um, you also have to remember that porn is made for men, right? It's a product made for men. So it's shot with that in mind. Like they're not trying to attract a female audience, at least most, not, not most of the companies. So it's not to degrade the woman. It's just men and women find different things sexually arousing. So if I'm going to make a, a product that's for women, it's going to look very different and you can even see this in erotica like men don't buy a ton of it they do there is like a very small market but if you compare erotica that's written for men compared to women they're totally different totally different so women kind of want all the detail and they want the story and like their climax is getting swept up into someone's arms and going off into the sunset yeah, where guys climax sense. is like, like literally a, a facial kiss, or something like a really slow kiss and like a rub on the and men are like no just go for it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a lot more, um, a lot more descriptive. So the guy can kind of visualize where the woman, it's more like feel. It's how do you feel? That makes sense. Well, I, um, if, if you're okay with, uh, turning kind of, um, or switching directions, I want to know more about these wellness retreats that you do. And like you mentioned earlier, uh, a shock, like your first chakra, um, Austin, you've talked about going, well, we both feel like we need to go on retreats a lot. Um, and we just finished a new project and I think Austin was like, I need to go to some retreat somewhere, but where, what, how did your journey or what was your introduction to like your first retreat and how did you get into those worlds? Cause right now, like I would want to do it, but I don't even know where to start. So I, so I guess to give a little bit of background, my dad was a cop. So my upbringing and even up into early adulthood i thought all drugs were terrible that you were gonna die no matter even if it was just weed you were gonna die from smoking weed and that um it was just for homeless people and criminals and you know just those very stereotypical 90s commercials like just don't do drugs and then i don't really know how my husband got into like his first retreats um, or journeys, but he was kind of the one that took the charge. And I was like terrified for him. I was up all night while he was gone. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to overdose. <laughs> you can't. I mean, I don't think it's ever happened. Um, and he just had such fundamental experiences that I, and I just trust him so much that I was like, no, there's something there. And then we kind of like stay up to date with all the research that MAPS is doing. And you see these really real world benefits as far as uh, depression, anxiety, addiction, PTSD, um, mood disorders, anorexia, like it helps a lot of psychological issues. Microdosing is, is just becoming more and more of, 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 um, um, not a diagnosis, mainstream, but, but, or- but like a prognosis, right? They're like, uh, uh, a prescription, if yeah. you will, right? Where, where like a therapist or, I mean, a doctor is like, I recommend you, you know, microdose well, on X, helping soldiers, YZ. like soldiers. Well, they're trying, longer. there's this one guy, his last name is Angermeyer, and he's on the board of the WEF. I don't know, I can't remember his first name, but his company just invested like, I want to say it was like $500 million for a patent on psilocybin. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's going to become an, a, a prescription. Like, there's no question about it. Like legal, so it's just, legal you know, the modality that you choose. I think that there's something immensely powerful of doing it in like a spiritual container. And MAPS kind of does this a little bit. Like, they do a really good job integrating and making everything kind of like a ritual in doing it. It's not like you just pop a pill. Like they kind of hand it to you on a tray. The room is set. There's usually some crystal. Like, you, they're just trying to like set that t- that space for you. Will you tell everyone? Um, what you mean by maps or maps yeah yeah what is maps maps is a department at johns hopkins and they're doing most of the psychedelics exper- like studies oh, right wow. now in people yeah okay. right, right because yes. i was like okay sh- she studies maps no okay. no no no, 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 All right. no i forget so what it stands what for what about but, these maps uh, are you studying <laughs> they're pioneering the experiments with uh with psychedelics gotcha. so they do mdma dmt mm-hmm. uh, psilocybin psilocybin is the one that gets talked about a lot so magic mushrooms um but yeah so my husband had some like really incredible experiences and i just felt called to it and i think that when it's your time to um to like have plant medicine that medicine will kind of called like you'll know when when you're ready and my first one um so we have a shaman so i trust him 
a ton. Like I knew the space. It was just me and one of my friends and um, him and his wife. And they kind of led the ceremony. And it wasn't, I was so scared. I was shaking like a leaf when I was drinking the tea because I had no idea what to expect. And I think anytime we do something new and scary, you know, you you just have to kind of jump in with you both gotta feet. You got to have that guy. I mean, though, if I'm being that, honest, though. The person that pulls you through no, it is the definitely. Best person ever. Because when I watch shows where like they kind of go through it and I'm like, like it kind of gives me like an anxiety as well when I'm watching them and I'm like, Oh man, he drank too much. He drank too much. He's about to just sweat for three days and like not know what's <laughs> going on. And like, it gives me anxiety. So, I mean, I can only imagine myself doing it. My anxiety would be through the roof, which is probably the wrong mindset. That's to have. part of it. It's yeah. probably the wrong no, that's, mindset to have. So the so moment, the it. moment that you decide to do any kind of plant medicine, it starts working. So whether like everything leading up to that is like part of the process. Um, so whether you have anxiety or anger or you're avoidant, whatever that manifests for you, it's all part of the process, which um, is something to take note. Oh, and then I guess anyone that is interested in the subject, I highly recommend either the book or the Netflix series, How to Change Your Mind yeah. by Michael Pollan. <clears throat> it's incredible. It's a great um, and it'll get into like a lot of the science and show like actual ceremonies and it can really just give you a full perspective of what it's like. Okay. So you were drinking the tea. Tell us about your, your first time. So I, it's going to sound, I guess it's going to, I don't know what your audience is going to think. Maybe it'll sound crazy. Um, Way it, more every, people, it's so much more popular than anyone realizes. That's the thing, especially during COVID, this really started to take off, but um, mm -hmm. it's fun to hear for people that are curious and have never um, done plant medicine. It is actually will help. Like Austin said, watching a show is sometimes a little anxiety ridden or induces it. But to hear someone like you uh, tell us about like how you set it up and the the kind of the the evening, uh, I think would be really rewarding for a lot of people. So when and if you decide to do it, I think context is paramount. So you don't want to just like take something and go to a party and not have someone that's holding space for you and not have someone after the fact to help you with integrate your experience. Like it's, it's serious work. So you don't want to just like do it very cavalier. Um, so when we did it, there was like this whole ceremony before we even did the plant medicine and it, the ceremony before was over an hour. So there was meditation, there was chanting, there was um, at some point, like people were screaming to like get rid of, you know, whatever it is that they like no longer serve them. Like there's this whole process. Um, after you do the tea, he and his wife would, he was chanting and she was singing and they had drums and the idea to have music in the background is to kind of like have, be a tether to like keep you grounded so that you don't float off and just kind of have like this really wild ride. It kind of like stabilizes your experience for you. Um, so we laid down on like a bunch of mats and pillows and I had an eye pillow. So you kind of want to be in a dark space. Like you don't want a lot to distract you. And some people, they like that distra that distraction. They're like, you can see plants breathe and all of this stuff. Um, and that's cool and trippy, but that's not going to get the work done. That's not going to help heal if you're there for trauma or you're trying to like, you know, break open your heart so that you can feel more love. Or if you're trying to work through some addiction, like that's all done inside. That's not done by looking at pretty dancing lights. So you want to have an eye mask. Um, mine wore off super quick. Like I was done after just a couple of hours and it wasn't crazy intense. Like I did two and a half grams, which is a pretty decent dose. And I'm like really sensitive to almost everything. Alcohol, caffeine. 
for your this one? Psilocybin. Psilocybin. I, yeah. no, I just say shrooms. I'm, and I, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. So yeah. 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 So two and a half grams of psilocybin in a tea. And then I, I eat the mushrooms and then I laid down. I had my eye mask on and then there's like the drums and the music in the back. And within minutes, um, I just started shaking. Like my whole body was like convulsing. And for a moment I thought of like restricting it. And I was like, no, like you have to just trust it and let it happen. So I don't know how I wasn't looking at a clock. Cause I had my ma- my mask on and I was just like shaking, 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 almost like, um, any woman that's like given birth, it's almost like the epidural shakes or the shakes that you get during labor, um, where you just, it, you're like this and if you know anything about shaking it's kind of the nervous set nervous system resetting so if you watch a gazelle that's about um that just escaped a lion in the wild as soon as it's safe it'll shake and that's to reset the nervous system and get rid of the trauma so uh PTSD, stress, anxiety that doesn't exist in animals in the wild. It only exists in domesticated animals. And that's because they're allowed to run and and shake it off. We are the most domesticated animal. So we do not shake. We hold it in. We're not allowed to cry. We're not allowed to get mad. We're not allowed to express ourselves. If something happens, you have to sit at your desk. The post ritual um, that you talked about is interesting, too, because, look, a lot of people have experiences where, one, people can't, going to a party where other people aren't doing it is not the healthiest thing to do for your first time. Or being in even, I mean, a lot of people can relate to being in a great place and then a whole bunch of people come in that aren't on the same level as you and you're like, definitely. well, this is definitely. awful. That'll this like is awful. your whole sort of equilibrium. So being in like the room that you were talking about, a safe place and having someone guide you is incredible. And then you said that there was some sort of post- um, kind of analysis of what had happened? Yeah. So uh, when you're done with your experience, however, however long it takes, um, he highly encourages some movement. So I was like doing some yoga poses. And what was really interesting is I was having like these huge pops and cracks all over my body that I've never experienced before. And he's like, yeah, that's a bunch of releasing like your body's releasing right now. It's beautiful. Um, he had really clean food for us to eat after. And then while we were um sitting and eating he has you journal so you journal your whole experience and then you kind of walk through what happened and he helps you kind of process all of that and his interpretation of it so i mean that's huge because you get this thing um jamie wheel calls it a super ego and you get these guys that are have you know this shaman that's pocketing a bunch of money and they're throwing these house parties in san francisco and everyone's doing ayahuasca and all of a sudden i've seen god and i have all of the answers listen to me you just don't know because you're you haven't awakened yet and that is the clearest sign that you have been doing it wrong right, <laughs> that is right, the right. clearest sign you're that like you, you need to start over you're like you didn't eat two and a half grams you ate 14 grams and you think that you saw jesus and you didn't well, you're just you, you, you're you just like permanently scarred well, you yeah and one that's a great point here is that's you can do it to party right and that's the difference here which a lot of people don't understand with like plant-based drugs is yes people party with this stuff but that's not the same as doing it no in the in the the controlled environment that you're talking about which is a purpose i mean soldiers are coming home and they're finally instead of being pumped with pills um doing plant-based medicine and it kind of rewires their brain in a very healthy way or they can like so when you were shaking what came out of that 
So I didn't have a ton of visualizations for me. I just kind of associated with just a general trauma release, just nothing specifically, but just something that I had probably been holding on to for a really long time. And after that kind of subsided, all of a sudden it was like everything went black. And then I saw one star two star. And then all of a sudden it was like, I got thrust into space and I just felt like absolute nothingness. Like there was no me. I was simply just an observer. And that's something that you try to get to through meditation. And for some people, they're able to, some people it's a lot more difficult for me. It's very difficult because I'm um, like a very kinesthetic person. Like I need to move. So just being still with myself is a struggle. So that was really huge for me. And then just in the vastness of space, which normally would terrify me because that's one of like the things that scares me the most. Like if that gra- that gravity movie is horrifying to me, but I would just felt a sense of calm there. So that was really unusual. And all of a sudden I would see like watercolors of different animals like swooping in. I don't know the significance of them because um, they happened so quickly. And then I remember I thought I saw my son who was a baby at the time show up and he was there connecting with me. And I was like, go back to your crib. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing work here. And then he le- he left. Um, He's like, what's up, mom? <laughs> yeah, it was just like this really funny where, moment that I had. Where were you, and, by the way? Were you in like... Yeah, do you mind us asking were, for people Were you in like, like you know, Mexico or, 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 or are you here in the States? Or, or I can't you, disclose right, where. Right, okay, well, okay. But here's a better way to ask. If you're listening to this podcast, what is the the easiest way to go about like is it more mainstream to go to like Tulum and do this or do you know of any places like without recommending it but do you like where would you search or like I know some places um in California I, what are is it what's what are the laws in California is it decriminalized yet there? I mean there's burning man there for god's sake so I don't think <laughs> anyone cares decriminalized. In I think Oregon or Washington I know state de- it's legal um, yeah. So find a state where it's what legal. Is it, and by the way, what so are the, <clears throat> Yeah. So yeah. what are yeah. the? So what's the service that they would like Google or search if they wanted to like you know? What do I have this? to Google to be honest? Like a, a psilocybin sh- shaman. Yeah, I would look uh, maybe for that. Unfortunately, ayahuasca is like the really popular one right now, and that's awesome. usually done in Costa Rica yeah. or Peru. Okay. Have you done that? And that, that that's like going me. straight for the big guns. Like I don't think. You have to really be called to that. Have you done that yet? No, I don't think I probably ever will. I don't, I don't think I will see, either. See, that's I, what I get freaked out about, right? So now she said, Craig, that she did uh, two and a half grams, right? And an eighth, an eighth is three and a half. And I have absolutely bugged out on three and a half grams of mushrooms. Yeah, so like two you? and a half, and she's most certainly, you know, smaller than me. And I'm just saying, I mean, I'm 6'5", 220. You're definitely smaller than me. And like, I... I'm so sensitive to drugs like that. And like three and a half grams, I was like on my back in a that's, field for like four hours. But that's why like I couldn't move. You, yeah, that's why, yeah, you were in a field. Well, I was <laughs> the container is really important. Festival, like, don't you know, look so. at it. Like, when you said don't look at a clock, I, I think a lot of people oh my can gosh, relate man, to that. Do not too. look at your like, phone. It's, 3 if you're on drugs. it's still 315. How yeah. long has it been 315? Or, like, you know, someone, you know, texts right. you and you're like, no. But see, that's. Oh, why you should never have your phone. Never. No, never. someone should. You should be have like lock those one up. Time but at I a do. Concert. I mean, I threw it in the crowd, and, and my friend like you know ran and got it. I was like, I don't want it. But being outside is is great. Like that's why if there's anything that comes from this, I'm sure there's a lot. But the parallel is exactly what Austin just said. 
there's nothing wrong with that, but that's very different yes. than what you're, yes. you did, Candace. Sorry, I was not trying to uh, no, 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 but downplay I'm, what, no, what but is I, it you're talking about. It's important, just, though, because like you know, shrooms got really popular during COVID, and a lot of people did them, but that doesn't take away from... No, definitely. They like controlled the, the environment and things, and then actually what you said is what I'm kind of um, interested to see, because I'm certainly going to do this, because I feel that you and I should do this at the end of every season that we film, Craig, so we can go and just like release all of like, our anger or, you know anxiousness or whatever and that it's okay i'm very interested and that it's okay to go in with an anxious feeling because hey like explore that anxiousness and you know and then and then you know get rid of it right so like it's okay to be feeling whatever sort of way that you're feeling and just kind of lean into that so you don't have to hide explore it you have to hide the darkness you don't have to hide the anxiousness i feel that if you tried to hide the anxiousness and that's exactly what would happen is like you know it'll make it worse yeah like a bad like a bad trip and then you know, you're like, no, there is no, no, no bad trip into it. So that's the it. thing is okay. there is no bad trip. You get the trip that you were supposed to have. So there is no bad trip. I would say my biggest advice for anybody, um, a, if you're trying to find it is like find people that you trust that have used a trustworthy shaman or like medicine man, medicine woman, healer, and go through it that way. Um, it's tricky, but it, I mean, everyone probably knows someone that has, that knows somebody that knows something about it. You'll never forget the person that when it starts to get a little scary, if it ever did, and again, not in the right environment, but you'll never forget the person that comes and finds you. It's like, yo, (laughs) and pulls you (laughs) out of it and like pulls you like out into the like outside. And you're like, thank you for, for doing that. But again, that's the wrong way to do it. I mean, I just feel like if you Google it, right. And this is what I'm saying. Yeah, you can find it, but who's to say if, any of it is you know legit like oh, that's why it's not regulated which is a whole other conversation yeah. that maybe if you have us on your podcast yeah yeah talk about, like talk about this for I ages regulations the answer or, or legalization but Candace, this has been great austin i know did you have one last question for her? i know we've I, yeah while, well, Candace, well basically but. my question is is uh, i mean i've we come to the end of our time because i'm like i, I have oh. so many questions but <laughs> it's okay i know, I know you're not kids. because yeah we know that you have kids and that you got to, you know, move on. So that's up to you. If, uh, no, yeah. What? If I, yeah, like more, more, I have more time if you want. No, I'll I mean, ask her a question. Also. There's nothing, you know, in, in particular, but you know, I mean, Craig, I'm looking at you know, this whole thing about you know, relationships. Like, well, the other piece that I wanted to add yeah. quickly with um, with the psilocybin or any plant medicine is like surrender. And I think for a lot of people, that is huge to give up. So if you want the, the an easier time with it is to just surrender to oh, the yeah. experience. So like, don't fight what comes up, whatever your body is doing or whatever your mind's doing or whatever you might see. It's just like surrender and approach it with curiosity. And I have to say this because I'm a major fish fan. Is that literally the motto of their book is surrender to the flow. That's what they say. So of when you officially become like a fish fan, right? And then it's like kind of like when your when your brain clicks and then you're like, I get it. You're like, that's because you've surrendered to the flow. So when you just said that, I couldn't help but think of fish. Well, if you have ten minutes, Candace, let's just do ten minutes and then Yeah. We'll let you let's go. do it. Yeah. So basically at the end of our podcast, Craig and I always kind of answer listener questions and it always ends up being about relationships right well and we're so i'm in a long distance relationship 
uh, between New York and here, but we see, you know. And I have all sorts like a snafus that have happened yeah. along the way for me. And so Craig and I normally give just like, you know, varying answers. And it's not necessarily that we have any questions, you know, written down that, you know, listeners like have, you know, reached out about, but it's just like, well, we you know, get, we get a lot of the same ones. Um, I mean, a lot, a lot come from girls trying to be more sexual with their boyfriends, but they're shy. Or not, they're not that they're shy. They're just like, hey, we've tried all the tips of like sexting and stuff like that. What comes from it? Well, why don't you just okay? So one of my favorite ones that we always get right, and it's kind of varying uh, um, ways to question it to us, right? But it's always kind of you know the same thing, and it's about watching porn with your partner. Okay, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? And and not just what are your thoughts, but it's like. How does, right, because the person that writes in is always like, I want to ask my partner to watch with me, but I don't know how to, and like, I'm nervous to, and you know, X, Y, Z. And do you think that like, it's beneficial and how would you go about bringing up watching porn well, with your that's partner? Because we talk, we're like, you know, proponents of it. And that's my definitely like, proponents of it. thing was, you know, we, we encourage whatever you can answer, but you get yeah. the point. We, we encourage these things, but then people are like, yeah, but well, how do we do it though? Right. right. You know, how do we do it? And normally Craig and I are like, well, you have to just ask, but, <laughs> but, but we understand that it's not just that easy. Like it's not just that easy to be like, just ask them to watch it with you. I think we overthink it all of the time. And mo like nine out of 10 times, if you suggest something to their, to your partner, they're going to be excited about it. Like they're not gonna be like, Oh, you weirdo. Why would you ask me that? But for some reason, that's what we tell ourselves. Agreed. No, they're probably yeah. be really enthusiastic. Um, but there was this exercise that I learned about during pregnancy and it was about, it was like an intimacy, intimacy exercise. And I recommend it to everybody. So what you do is when you have um, some like a date night, like at home date night, get it like a nice bottle of wine or whatever, you know, like set the mood, make it all cute. Um, get two notebooks, one for you and one for your partner. And this has to be the, a very trusting container. Like you cannot, there's like zero judgment. You cannot get mad. Um, just like curiosity, excitement, enthusiastic, um, and just like loving, right? Like that's what you want to go into this exercise with. So you write down, look at it like a sexual buffet or like a fantasy buffet. And you write down every single fantasy, every single thing maybe that you haven't done or that you don't get enough of that you want to experience more of. And you write that down on your notebook and it can be as long as you want. It could be as simple as um, erotic massage. It can be simple as maybe um, like a strip tease. It, get as creative as you want, like maybe naked sushi. That's simple. What, you know, whatever it is that like you thought about and you haven't done. Um, so you do that and then where it gets fun and exciting and also terrifying is you switch notebooks. Yep. So then you get to see your partner's notebook and they get to see yours. And again, you have to do it with no judgment. And what is the most shocking thing is how much crossover there is. So you'll be like, I had no idea you wanted to do that. I had no idea you wanted to do that. And how exciting is that, that we have this new thing we can play with. So what I would say and recommend is that you just take turns as to like whose night it is and you get to plan it and maybe plan that night for your partner. So if like your partner really wants role playing, then like you set that up for them. And then next time that you have like that date night, you get to reverse it. So everyone's kind of like checking off their little sexual buffet and it's a cool way to introduce novelty and um, like 
excitement back into a relationship, especially if you've been there for a long time. And then because you're sharing notes, you can put something that maybe you were nervous about because he's also being vulnerable, right? So now like you're both kind of equal and no one's technically putting themselves out there more than the other person. And I guarantee if you put watched porn, like it's probably on his list too. And I'd say the easiest way um, is usually I recommend that the woman pick it first because they're typically the ones that are a little bit newer to it. So let her pick what she likes and um, you can always switch it if you don't like midway, like find something that turns both of you on, but definitely let the woman lead and like have it in the background. Some people like to like reenact the things. Some people just like that illusion of having a voyeur. It can kind of be whatever you want it to be. No, that's yeah. that's awesome. I, I mean, it answers. I mean, the a couple things. Yeah, I answered. mean, a couple things to take from that. You know, that I was thinking, listening is that uh, Craig and I have never given that piece of advice before. <laughs> we have never given that piece of advice about <laughs> well, we you know, the notebook. We tried to get there through sexting because I'm like, a lot of times you'll say something during sexting, or if you share like the porn that you watch, they can kind of. In, infer what you like, but that's just such a better. <laughs> yeah. And now I think, and now I think another thing that, um, you said that, you know, really resonated was you have to be honest when you're writing down in this notebook, right? Like you can't just be like, well, what if she reads this and she thinks that I'm like a little weirdo about it? Like, well, if you're doing that exercise then I'm sure that, you know, y'all have been dating or, you know, whatever you want to take it to the next level but the honesty of it, right. Where it's like, it's not just like, Hey, watching porn. It's like, you know, explaining exactly well, <laughs> what you want with the porn and what activity that you want to do. Maybe while watching like day night was good. Cause we have a question that got sent last week, but didn't answer it. Uh, Cause I couldn't think of a good answer just yet, but it said, how would you recommend spicing up someone's sex life? My boyfriend's and mine has not gotten boring necessarily, but it has gotten predictable. I've tried sexting, but I do not feel like I'm good at it. And also am uncomfortable sending nudes as I do not think that I look great. I think it is that I am just shy. Any suggestions on how to fix this or how you would spice up your sex? And I think that notebook exercise kind of is crushes a great that. question. Like if you're saying that you're very open with your partner, anyways, I, I shouldn't be answering this. You should be. I think another another thing, especially for someone who's shy or maybe not confident in their body and it could be super hot. It's kind of like a two part um, two part answer. So first is buy the the sexiest outfit, like the thing that makes you the sexiest, whether it's like super lacy or it's like a cashmere lingerie set, or maybe it's nothing but pearls, like find something that makes you feel like a fucking goddess, right? And oil yourself up, like put the perfume on, like do everything, like show up how you would show up to any other big task in your life, like really put in the effort. The first thing I would recommend, and it's going to sound crazy to a lot of people, is to like maybe watch yourself masturbate like in a mirror, like learn how to kind of like turn yourself on and like see how beautiful and like sexual you can be, like really own that sexual energy and get that charge going. And then once you get comfortable there, right, and no one's there, it's just you. And you can be as vulnerable as you need to be, take as much time as you need to be, but like get to that place where you're like, Oh my God. Yes. I am a sex queen and I am like, I am perfect. Right. Get there. Then I would have him come back, like have him, you know, come into wherever your play space is, get back into the outfit that you love and then have him just watch at first, like make him like want it so bad 
but he's not allowed to touch. He's not allowed to move. He just has to watch you. And you can like use the mirror if you want. You could just do it in front of him. You could hover over him. Just like really tease it out. And I like, there's like step one to electric, like charging your relationship. You yeah, know what I mean? Just, like most men are charge, not used to that. You charge, like, I think that's a great word. You just supercharged that person that wrote in's relationship and anyone else doing that. Cause you're right. When you unlock yourself and be like, we can be like the people that we watch online. We just have to get out of our own way. And I think playing a character well, in your head a- and that removing <clears throat> that shyness, which your, your advice has been incredible on you remove that shyness and all of a sudden you can become each other's favorite porn stars. And that's mm-hmm. the best level to reach in a relationship where you're like, you're my favorite porn star. I want to watch you do everything instead of watching that. It's just great. It's great. I mean, that's really, really good point, Craig. And, and uh, I mean, I think that there is a reason why, you know, it, it's always the thing where women are like, women love confidence, right? But men also like, if you're sitting there and, and, and you're like, I am hot as shit while I'm doing, you know, my thing, then like we he, read it too. And we're like, yeah. yes, you and fucking And he already are. likes you. Like your, your boyfriend's way more, or your girlfriend's way more obsessed with you than you think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you're dating them, then, then yeah, you're damn right. Yeah, to all the women that are insecure about their bodies, I always ask, have you ever taken your clothes off in front of a man and he left? Like, has that ever happened where he's like, nope, never mind. Has has any man ever asked for a refund? And the answer is no. no. He's fucking excited to be there. He won the lottery. You know what I mean? Well, and that's why I think it's awesome um, that you have your podcast, Chatting with Candace, because everyone listening right now I know some of you are smiling just like me and Austin are because, and Candace is too, <laughs> because it, we, what's wild about this is that we are all in the same boat. We all have the same feelings, but it's always been so taboo or not even taboo, but we don't talk about it. So like you said, now that we're all talking about it, uh, you can have so much more fun with your partner and just live a happier life and a happier and self, a healthier sex life. And if you listen to Candace's podcast, Chatting with Candace and hear more um and it was a it was really awesome having you on and i hope that you'll come wait, back wait, on. wait 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 one more question but i'm I just saying, i'm just telling you to. like yeah this has been great and i i really think our, that our listeners are are gonna they might get some more out of this episode than they have in, in a yeah long time. well i i mean yeah yeah I mean, it was a lot of fun for us, right? Because, you know, we thought that maybe it would go, you know, however long that it did. And then we just kept on talking. So thank you so, so much for doing that. Of course. And, and um, we are going to continue to plug you, you know, even when you leave. But I do have to ask you, how does one go about choosing their stage name? Let's just call it their <laughs> stage name, right? Their porn. Okay, fine. Their porn name. Huh? How does one go about, right? You're like, all right, my non plume is boom. Your street and, no, just kidding. and your dog. Yeah. Uh, so everyone has their own methodology. Oh, right. right. <laughs> The street oh, that like you grew up on and, and, and your first pet name. I don't think that's it, but but that's funny. No, for some people, they do do that. Like they they oh, heard yeah. it, they did it, they didn't put a lot of thought into it. Mm. I would say for me, I wanted to have a first name that was something that felt like a goddess to me. Like I always thought Eva Mendez and Eva Longoria were just stunning. And I was like, okay, like that's the energy I kind of want to bring are. into it. And then um, for Lovia, 
I wanted something that didn't exist yet so I could trademark, trademark it. So it was a little bit more business oriented. So if you like Googled that, I wanted to dominate the search pages. I didn't want there to be like, you know, 500 grays. That didn't make sense to me. So it was kind of a riff off of um, Longoria. So uh, it was a lot of tequila that got us there. And then we found <laughs> out it didn't exist. And then I was like, that's the one. Okay, well, that makes me happy to know that like that you sat there and that you thought about it and that tequila was involved and that you actually were like, you know, laboring over this name because that's of that's, course. That's if you've gotten anything out of this well, podcast, yeah, no, I. But and that, <laughs> yeah, but that's a good like, point. If you listen to Candace's podcast, so she talks a lot about Web three and entrepreneurship and uh, all of her other businesses going on. But I, I do hope that you have a you'll you'll come back. Um, or that, I'd love or that, to. Well, I guess that we're not. You're, you're like, you know, guest demographic maybe, but, but, you know, you we'd love to cross us. over. Yes. You ever want to have us? No, for sure. Anytime. <clears throat> I'd love to have you guys on. Get a male perspective and, and yeah. laugh at us and you can and, you know, uh, learn us. And when you and your, I mean, we're only three and a half hours away. So when you and your husband come down, we would love to take you guys out. And, um, yeah, I think we, I think this is a, this is a fun start to a, a, a fun new relationship. Yeah. So yeah, that was great. Thanks again. Do you have anything else that you'd like to say, Candace? No, just thank you so much. I had a blast. And yeah, let's absolutely do a podcast again. Um, maybe we can come down to Charleston and we'll do like in person for my show. Oh, yeah, we've heck got, yeah, We've got the studio here and then we just put a pool in out back that we have a little podcast area out back too. I so. know. I know Craig and I are kind of like chomping at the bit for to podcast out by the pool. So if you guys come, then you yeah, know, we'll, we'll drink out there and we'll podcast and we'll just have a good time. Awesome. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Have a good night, guys. You as well. All right, and welcome back, besties. We just want to say one more, one more huge thank you to Candace wow. for coming on to talk. I think that Craig and I were both kind of just sitting here, you know, talking to each other about it. And uh, incredible human being. I think away. that she was very insightful with lots of things that, she, and, and like we just scratched the surface. I mean, we just had to kind of move and groove through it. But, um, well, we were just getting to know each other yeah, and like, yeah. that's why we love when our guests come back for a second one. Cause we can really like push the envelope with each other's lives. And I, I, I just, I will always stand by, you know, Austin and I, in the beginning of our Instagram lives had, we went live with some people that, um, people didn't like, but Austin and I are, are doing this because we love to talk to human beings. Yeah. And we were like, we're going to jump on with, you know, whoever that we damn well please. Yep. And, and, uh, and we had too much fun doing it, and which see is see the person, told like, you guys a hundred the, times, um, the humanity. I just, um, yeah, we, we love mixing it up and, and just to add it to our, our long list of, of special guests and special friends. So thanks. Again, she's Candace. great. I, and, and I hope that, you know, we get to have, you know, her and her husband on maybe at one point. Yeah, it'd be great. Well, and yeah. talk about now that we know her, we can talk about their, what their relationship looked like, you know, because sure. That would be a very sure. interesting conversation. Sure. That's something that I feel like we know we've definitely questioned and, Talking about getting over insecurities and stuff. Getting over insecurities is probably a huge question that I would love to ask her husband. But, um, well, Candace, you what, a, what a woman. Yeah. And hopefully you all enjoyed it. We know it's a little different, but I think it was, it was clean fun. It was just different, um, different. So, great. um, thanks for listening in guys. I really hope that y'all enjoyed it as much as Craig and I did talking to her. And, uh, I, I would say maybe get a loose, get a little loose and play the notebook game with your significant other and, 
Hell yeah, play think, the notebook game with you, the, with the I think you, What she said was very true. You will be very surprised to see that you guys basically have the Are same you going to play the notebook game with Paige? I, well, I'm a big proponent of the notebook game. Okay. Hell yeah. I mean, I've never heard of it before, but I am in. Um, I, I haven't. Yeah, no. Okay. To be fair, Austin, I have only, I thought we were open about things, um, because like through sexting or watching porn together, but we have not played the notebook yeah. game yet. And so, yes, I'm actually excited to play. Yeah. I think that you guys should definitely do that. You're right. It takes commitment. Are you we two going to play like, it together? <laughs> <laughs> well, for what our, do you want for our listeners? Yes. But I think, yeah. I think there is commitment. Like you said, Austin, what you added, you were like, you gotta be honest though, because then the other person's going to get your list and not see right stuff that maybe you wanted to. And then they're going to feel it's like, you gotta be honest, right? Because, because completely. when she was talking about it, <clears throat> I almost was sitting there being like, okay, but I could see someone, maybe like a guy or maybe a girl. Okay. Well, both partners easily could be like, all right, all right. Well, I don't want to say what kind of porn that I want to watch. So I'm just going to say, uh, you know, porn. I'm like, no, no, no. Say what you want. Say what you want and be truthful because that's 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 the way through. That's the way forward. I mean, I loved it. I mean, I could sit there and take advice from her all day. I'm going to email her, you know, sometimes and be like, hey, quick question. She's going to be on your new roster of who you called for yeah, advice yeah, yeah, and yeah. being like, so this is what happened yeah, this weekend. So I just want to know if Austin's going to be a constant uh, caller into her podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What do I do now? I get you like know, a voice change. You know like, how, oh, and here's one of my favorite, uh, you, you know, know longtime callers. You know how Nick writes all of our questions into our yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. About like his own personal yeah, life. Austin's going to be the one. For yeah. Like, no, just kidding. That we was think me. Nick does it. We're not sure if he does no, it. No, it's Nick. No. I'm kidding, buddy. You'll never know. All right. Well, did you guys pick up on the fact that I played Shake It Off? Yeah. It's, it's way good. cooler if I just didn't say that I did that. But. She went, you know, you just got to shake it off. And then I looked at Craig and I went, shake it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was Austin's, that was Austin's idea. All right, guys. We love you so much, besties. We Thanks, can't besties. wait to see you soon. Keep saying hi on the streets. Keep... Wait, did I just change the song? Yeah, for some reason, you're playing. I don't playing really want it now. Here comes the. <laughs> this reminds me of Columbia, like five points. What's up, Pillows and Beers listeners? I'm Reality Steve. If you're a fan of The Bachelor and all things pop culture, reality TV, you should check out my show, The Reality Steve Podcast, a daily show about The Bachelor, other reality TV shows you may be watching right now. I definitely throw in a lot of Taylor Swift talk and so much more. Search Reality Steve on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.